0: Pigeons for twenty. Mister Growit and Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV from the Stash Podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by IP Vanish. Get sixty five percent off your VPN when going to WatchSealTV VPN. Now, if you're a paranoid person like myself, you might want to consider hiding your location online. Whether you're ordering some beans online, or you're looking to watch a show that isn't really available in your area. Not that you would do that or anything, because nobody, nobody does stuff like that, of course. Right? Using a VPN when browsing online can be a huge benefit, regardless of how great you think your security is. Big shout out to IPVanish VPN for hooking this up. I use it myself, and so does the team, and I tell you what, there's nothing like it when it comes to security online. Now thanks to the homies over at IPvanish, you can save 65% on your VPN for the year by going to watchsealtv.com/slash VPN. AC Infinity is also
2: sponsoring this episode. Use discount code THESTASH15 for a discount on any of their products. AC Infinity is well known to have some of the highest quality gardening equipment on the market today. They have everything from grow lights, grow tents, inline fans, oscillating fans, smart controllers. And so much more. Visit their website at acinfinity.com and don't forget to use discount code the stash 15 to save on any of their products. So
1: what are we going to do? What are we talking Um, about, gentlemen? I've got a buddy who's very new to the game. He's been growing. This is like his fourth harvest. He's got all new genetics. His first run, everything was very dense and good. He changed everything up though. So variables out the window. He wants to know why his bud is not so dense and what he needs to do to change it up. And... For me, this situation was walk in and just tell him immediately, like, bro, your lights are way too fucking high, like ridiculously, and your genetics. These are all like sativa dominance that just like it's it's known to be a little airier. You know what I'm saying? But some people want to find that magic secret sauce. You know, I think they got to subscribe go to the Grow King. Oh, are right, you're right. <laughs> Shameless plug there. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yep, we we do get a cut of everything he makes. I'm his manager. Um, we'll try to make things work though, but. I think people get a misconception that it's just an easy trick and, and immediately you have it and you're going to just have these dense buds because of the genetics then, and it's not just a one thing. There's variables that come to it. You know, I've, I've had a lot of times before where I've had stuff that was very, very dense. And then in the same room, same variables, other stuff wasn't quite as tight in whether it was genetic or the placement of the plant compared to others, variables come into play. So do you guys deal with a uh, density issues, so to speak? I know Chris does, uh,
2: right? uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. You do? Um,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Not the it's bud it's you brought us. Jesus. Oh, you brought us the best of the best. <laughs> that's right.
2: Well, well, I think you tapped on it first and foremost, There's multiple reasons why, right? Number one would be genetics, right? You, you can have boofy genetics that never dense up and they're never going to dense up no matter what the conditions are. Right. So genetics is like number one, I feel like. Right. So that's number one thing you need to make sure when you're buying the genetics is that it's going to be one that denses up if that's what you're looking for. Right, um, I think another thing that um, leads to airy buds is too much nitrogen in flowering. Um, that is something that that's proven, you know, by yeah, science or science studies on it. it. Um, excess nitrogen in flowering, um, it just leads to a more airier bud structure. And a lot of folks they uh, they go into flowering. Their leaves are nice and green. Leaves are a little bit too green, shiny. Sometimes they're curling, which are signs of nitrogen toxicity. And then uh, you know, weeks one, two, three, four roll by and everything looks healthy because they don't know that too dark of a green is, is bad, is is too much nitrogen. Um, and then weeks four, five, and six, the buds aren't getting dense. They're just airy. And it's literally and there's no recovering. It's happened to me before. Way back in the day it happened to me. because um, I didn't really know. And I got to week five and I'm like, what's wrong with these? Is this like the genetics? And no, it's too much overfeeding, over fertilizing. And so I had these weak ass genetics. Um, well, sorry, weak ass buds. Uh, wasn't the genetics, I don't think. Um, and then I get to, to harvest, dry, and cure and get that hay smell. You know, it just didn't, it, I ended up throwing the weed out, a uh, long story short. Uh, and I smoked some of it, tried to withstand it for a little while, turned some of it into edibles, and a lot of it went in the trash because it was just gross. It's nasty. So over uh particularly nitrogen can certainly lead to uh, airier buds. Mhm.
0: Yeah, and I bet you had banging genetics. You know what I mean? Uh it wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter what your genetics were at that point. It, it, the the variables are uh, immense. Um I, number one reason I see the airy buds is uh it, poor lighting, man. Um people are trying to like flower out their plants with CFLs or uh, you know some of the the T5s. You've got you've got lighting that's barely sufficient for veg and then you're trying to use the same same lights for flower and it, it doesn't work it doesn't work you know you, you do need the right spectrum you don't need um thousand dollar lights like i don't know who's trying to tell you that you don't need a thousand dollar lights these days you can get a banging light for like a hundred bucks you know what i mean so Uh, and, and, and and cover a whole lot though. It it isn't going to cover a lot. No, but you're, we're looking at thick buds, right? We're looking for thick buds. And if, and if you're, if that's what you're looking for, you got one, two plants, you can get a really decent light for a hundred, 200 bucks. That's going to annihilate or at least eliminate a lot of the, the, the stretch that's going to happen. A lot of the pictures that I look at of people that are like, what happened? And I'm just seeing plants that are four feet high. They, there's a lot of internodal spacing. And those plants are searching for light. And if they don't have the light, they're not going to pack on the weight. And so light, amongst many other things, is just one important factor. And when it, when it comes to getting your buds big and thick, it doesn't matter how much training you did, because that's going to be my next variable uh, in terms of getting big, fat buds. It doesn't matter your genetics. If you don't have the sunshine,
1: it's not going to work for you. Yeah. And distance and intensity is a big factor too. And the problem is some people will think they'll increase the intensity and your plants can't take more. At that point, you'll have to change your environment a little bit more, increasing maybe uh, CO2 in the room so that way your plants can handle it better. But I feel like cultivar specific is a big thing as well. In the same room, I'd have uh, different phenotypes and all of a sudden one is slightly stressed out from too intensive light as the others are handling it very well. It just seems like it depends... uh, a lot of variables before with the light, but it definitely how close it is. I know a lot of people who think they're going to get more coverage by raising the light higher and like it looks that way to the naked eye, but you're not necessarily having that actual coverage. The light's not penetrating that canopy properly and you're not having the PPFD actually for the plant. I mean, you can see on most uh, PPFD charts or PAR maps, they'll show this, you know, how high you raise it. And the highest most it will show at the most is 24 inches. So if you're going way high, like you have a HPS light and I, I got buddies who do this, it's not going to help your plant. It's going to make it stretchier and lankier. Some genetics are already going to be a little lanky, but they're going to double and get crazy. My buddy is growing a white truffle right now, the same one I have, and he's his are just a little lankier than what I'd like to see him in terms of like, I'm growing it now. I know they, the internodal connection is not very tight, but at the same time, they shouldn't be this lanky and wispy. And that's just the weak light and too far away. Yeah, that's a very good point. The the
0: The distance... From the plant and the intensity of the light, because they they go they, they 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 go hand in hand. The the higher the intensity of the light, the farther away you can put it from the plant. And they like the today's lights, like I, in my plant or in my tent right now. I'm using an SE five thousand. That light has a footprint of damn near four feet. That's how wide my tent is, four four feet. So I can get away with having a a, a height of thirty plus inches between my plant. And I, I feel like a lot of people are applying old um adage and old you know information about leds to new leds the leds of today are not the same as the leds from five years ago you know they have come along like quantum boards have only been out like let's face it in a mass scale for no more than like what six years at most you know and maybe it's a little bit more like probably covid covid, COVID takes growing. away yeah covid takes away 2 years so i could be off a little bit but i'm just thinking like within 10 years you've got the latest led advancements so you can't apply the same like cob the cob lighting, you can't apply the same distances and the, the intensity from the cobs to some of these bar style lightings today. It's just, it's way different. So that's why playing it out, you know, that's why you have an entire veg period to get that that height and that intensity dialed in. You know, you start low, start high, sorry, start low intensity, start high height. And then as the day goes on, this is something you're working on every day, you're bringing that light down and increasing that intensity to the point where it's like the the, the plants are at their happiest.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big, uh, area with light, light like staying within light as heat becomes an issue, a factor. I feel like I wouldn't say this is going to help with density, but controlling your heat when you have too high heat, it's, it's yeah. Well, I'm saying in that sense of controlling your heat is the only thing you could do too high. heat's not going to help your, your bud density. It's going to be the polar opposite. I've got, you know, cultivars that I feel like they still get pretty dense, but then in the winter they've been so much tighter and it's like, ah, oh, well, maybe I should control this fucking environment better keeping it dialed in where it should be having the VPD accurate instead of me just eyeballing it. And that is a very common situation. It seems like people will have the heat that's too high, especially I got to believe in Vegas. You dealt with that and, and seasonal growing is the reason for that. Cause you'll end up having larfy, fluffy, stressed out bud.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that, um, shout out to I am snaps in the Twitch chat here for those that are watching this on YouTube. We record these episodes live on Twitch, Um, Every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're live on Twitch recording episodes. So I invite you to come uh, watch some episodes sometimes live. Uh, But he had mentioned that he had a problem with heat um, and he had airy buds from it. So one thing I learned pretty recently, actually, uh, a lot of you know, I'm actually back in school. I'm attending Utah State University uh, for cannabis cultivation. One of the things that they mentioned is they've studied this and they found out that it really comes down to photosynthetic rate. And so their recommendation, what they what they find is that the optimal temperature to be at it goes up all the way into flower but once you get into mid flowering you know i think it was weeks five i believe five and beyond they had mentioned start to kind of taper back down the temperature um, so i think it was a it's going to be cultivar specific but let's say around 76 to 70 degrees fahrenheit it's going to not only help with uh, the density um, it'll help with conserving those terpene profiles right because we know as the temperature goes up Um, those terpenes start to evaporate um, so on and so forth but uh but yeah towards the end of flowering if you're dropping those temps which is a practice that you know i've done in the past and like didn't think much of it and you hear a lot of people um, we call it now bro science right where people are saying oh well if you drop the temps you're gonna have denser buds blah 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 well there's actual science behind that and that's something i recently learned is that yeah when you're in late flowering drop those temps and it should help with uh should help with that dense bud structure um because if you're having a high photosynthetic rate um in flowering, well your buds are just gonna be all over the place, you know what i mean it's it's gonna air out uh, so I thought that was super interesting. And uh, something, a practice that I'm definitely going to do for now on. Thick-Ass Glass was kind enough to send me this beautiful
0: Klein Recycler. It's their 18-inch version. And boy, when you watch this thing in action, it is incredible. Just watching the way that the water swirls through the piece and the smoke kind of just mingles its way together. This is absolutely beautiful. And can I tell you, it is Thick. From the mouthpiece, to the stand, to the percolators in the middle, you can tell that this is really thick glass. And so I think it's true to the name for thick-ass glass. And using promo code THESTASH to help save a few dollars off at checkout. Yeah, and
1: I think a lot of it is just how the plant metabolizes at a certain point. There's more and more about, you know, science did say nighttime was more when plants are going to do the work, and it's showing opposite. But if the temperature is too high in daytime, then how's it going to have the effect there? So it's about optimizing the environment. Because again, you could have the great genetics, but if all these other factors aren't tight, then density is not going to be a thing you have. They may be more dense than the other fluffier ones, but it's still not going to necessarily be as tight as what it should be. You know, I think that's a big issue that people run into more times than not is the heat and the the light issues. That's the big issue, I think, with density more than most. But then also, you know, training. We we're just talking about plant training. We we're going to get into people who just grow a straight up uh christmas tree you may have one bud in the center that's kind of tight kind of dense but doing the additional training to the plant is definitely going to increase the potential for having tighter thicker nugs and more of them as well obviously it just some plants will grow naturally pretty easily so somebody will just let it grow or if you're doing a sea of green potentially you may not be doing the plant training somebody would with let's say a screen of green or trellis net growing
0: and not just any Training, like I, I think, it's very important to mention that you, if you treat every bud site, every top, like it's ready to per, to bear big fruits, they it'll it'll do so, it'll do so, and and you know that's why when you see like these really beautiful scrugs, each top is 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 spread out, it's got lots of you know lots of space from the buds around it, it's hardy, it's thick, it's ready to bear fruits, you know if if you're not putting the train on these plants. You said it, it's going to dominate the cola, or the, sorry, the energy is going to flow from bottom up, it's going to go straight to the top, it's going to go to the cola. These other buds aren't getting that same, that, that same deliver of, of energy, nutrients, and so on and so forth. So spreading out the canopy to be even, and allowing each bud site to get the same amount of intensity, the same amount of sunshine, is going to allow each of those buds to be able to bear the equal amount of fruits. So you don't have one dominating cola, you have a bunch of tops you know i can't call them colas but a bunch of tops you know that that's that's really what you're looking for that's really what you're looking for training is is so so important now also unless you want to touch on something in regards to that um feed like that the quality nutrients play a huge factor in the quality of weed uh today's weed is so much different than the weed of the 90s because of the food that's been designed specifically for cannabis we were using Miracle Grow in the 90s. Miracle Grow is meant for tomatoes, perennials, annuals, like it's for everything under the sun, not specifically for cannabis. So when you've got lines that are decreasing CalMag in, in the later stages of flower, increasing the phosphoruses, you know, these, the, or, you know, whatever your proprietary uh, uh, flowering me- uh, bottle is or what have you, that's going to allow for these nuggets, uh, these, these plants to focus on what's important at the end of flower. And that's, Flower production, you know, and resin production. So, you know, a good proper nutrient line goes a long way in growing great dense buds.
2: Yeah, that kind of goes along with the, what I mentioned in the beginning with the um, overfertilization of, the, you know, the nitrogen toxicity, right? So proper nutrition throughout the grow, certainly. I mean, if you're lacking in some area, um, you know, potassium is another thing that uh, a lot of people use in flowering. Um, in order to help with bud structure, uh, bud formation, bud structure, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, if there's a lack of it, plant just either is not going to grow, or you could might get a a bud structure that's that's not dense, you know. So,
1: yeah, well, even pushing too much too. I've got buddies who assume that they'll just increase more and and do more to the plant, and again, that nitrogen toxicity and any sort of toxicity, at that the plant's not going to develop as much as it should. It, I feel like deficiencies or toxicities, bad period. But then you mm-hmm. also have people who will be very uh, less conscious about what they put in their plants as well and start utilizing PGRs, which we, uh, I think would be good, you know, chat over here on Twitch or on YouTube, if you're watching, um, would that be a good episode to get maybe somebody's a little more expert analysis on uh, PGRs and how they work and what they do? Cause I've been what's, reading a little bit more about it. What's and, a PGR Pedro's grow room. <laughs> <laughs> you had so many good ones. Fucking. I, what we had is professional it? grow room. That's another one. Pro-grow rooms, um, actually a plant growth regulator, or some will say plant growth retardant. And that's definitely a no-no, no-go. And and some science does say that they can attack the liver and and can lead to cancer. But there hasn't been enough larger studies. But either way, it's it's a no-no. In my book, at least, in most people's books. But that's what some people will use to tighten their buds. And and I've seen you know bud on the street that you can tell, even at the dispos, where I'm like, the fun, it just is oddly rounded, perfect shaped, and extremely dense, but kind of spongy at the same time. And trichomes aren't really there, but they're there. Like it looks like maybe somebody did a dry sift run of flour and stuck all the heads off. Weird looking shit. And sometimes you think maybe it wasn't cured proper, or the trim wasn't good, or something. But a lot of times it ended up being PGR flower, and that's not good. And so you want there's natural ones. Like again, we should get somebody on who's more of an expert than I am, sciencing it to you, but doing a natural way like a pk booster and flower if you're going to do something that could potentially help but using pgrs is definitely not the way to go i'd rather have a bunch of fluffy bud than dense bullshit pgr flower
2: yeah the one that that you're referring to so there are natural pgrs right and i definitely i agree we should get an expert on here to, to talk about them all um i can never I'm say right this here guys plactro butrazol.
1: that's why we need the expert i can't even say half the daves.
2: plactro uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> refer to it as, but that is going to be the one that um, it relates to cancer, um, you know. So I, I believe they're allowed to use it for um, like succulents, uh, plants like that. Yeah. And edible plants even. Uh, yeah. Right, right, right. But like shrubs. The and the yeah. side of things, uh, very bad.
1: So, yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, yeah. A separate episode on PGRs I think would be fantastic for sure. Yeah,
1: all of them aren't bad. It's just that the ones that a lot of commercial growers will try to, or even home grower cash croppers will try to utilize, are showing that they're not good for people. So definitely think we'll touch on that. But, I mean, density is a thing that I feel like circling back to it, the big focus that people need to realize is phenotypes within genetics. It's a big thing. Prime example, Wink had this, uh, what was it, Fried, deep fried runts. He had like three or four phenotypes. I think the best one was more of the, like, looser one, the the uglier one. You know what I'm saying? The one wasn't quite as good. It had more terps, in my opinion. But the difference between the same genetic of the variables within the phenotypes was pretty pretty dramatic. And I see that myself, too. My um, headbanger is more dense than the first one that I got that yielded way heavier. And it just feels like if you don't target that first, you can't have these building blocks of all these other things we touched on. So the pheno hunt is, is super crucial. I've got a few right now that are just tasty that I'm willing to deal with them being fluffy. And I'm going to see what I can do to modify with the things we've talked about here. But there's certain areas that you can't push it too much far. And it's just going to be a little, little bit fluffier, but, you know, even if you do everything to the T, it's just a slightly, I wouldn't say airy, not fluffy like you see with foxtail. But it's not going to be as dense and it, not going to have as much mass as what you see with other stuff.
2: Yeah, and you could potentially, talking about that, I mean, it depends on how stable the genetics are as well, right? And, and uh, you know, how how far down they are, down the line. If you have, like, an F1 or an F2, like, I gave you F2s of the chiller OG, and I uh, commented on your yeah, video so. yesterday, actually. And uh, one of the things is there are so many different phenotypes in F2s, right? So you could get so many uh, variables there as far as characteristics. Um, so I crossed a, br- a brisk grow G, which is like usually a tall lengthy strain, your typical OG, uh, very stretchy, uh, but dense buds, nice, uh, you know, frost level with a Pakistan Valley, which is known to be a fast flowering, um, very, uh, short stout plant. Um, and that, uh, you know, dense bud structure, frosty. So, um, you should see the dense bud structure and frosty throughout, but as far as like the size Um, you know, it it should be, you could see things all over the place due to, due to different phenos and the ones you planted. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't released out to the public is because, uh, well, I kind of want it to be more stable before I, you know, release it. I don't want people to get something that, uh, that I haven't seen before and that I, you know, think is under potentially undesirable, you know? So,
1: yeah, well, somebody has to really hunt and and get packs and packs and packs of something to find them when they want. That's a lot of the most popular cultivars that are out there right now are ones that weren't stable and there's just great phenotypes going around because i mean i know plenty of people who buy packs of of some that we've recommended in the past on cltv and like like mine is like this it's like it's nothing it's nothing like this like at all you know like it just really depends on on the breeder which again you're an ethical breeder which is great and then also again your ability to hunt this cultivar know that again some some characteristics will sacrifice other characteristics. Like I said, some, you'll just get more of like a sativa like bud structure. That's going to be more fluffy. It just will be. And so getting more of that is going to be the key. Then it's not going to be tiding, getting it tighter. It's going to be, how can I multiply what I have? And usually that's where the plant training can come in to get more bud sites. Those will potentially be harder because there's going to be lower buds that weren't as nearly as mature. And those will be airy, nothing like won't amount to shit. Where now you can fold them down, bend them, and get a lot more light penetration to it, and really work it more. So, putting all these things together, that's the secret sauce, in my opinion. There's you're right. No just, and, sorry, I was say there's no just one answer. You know? Uh,
0: yeah, and I think if you're if you're writing, trying to take known, it's like oh shit, okay, nutrients, lighting, training. Oh my god, phenotyping, hunting. It it getting dense, quality buds is literally the prize in every garden. That is what we're working towards. You know, you want the best of the best. You want the densest, you want the hardest, you want the most potent. It has to be the frostiest, it has to be the tastiest. And getting there is much like, you know, remodeling a, a, or restoring an old vehicle. You know, you can say, what parts of it does it take until it's fully restored? Everything, everything. You it, That includes the interior, the exterior, the engine, the paint. Everything needs to come together. And while you're working on it, you're specializing, you're learning how to become a pro at each and every one of those parts, the engine, the training, you know, the paint, the nutrients, you know, it's all coming together. And as you get to the finish line and you look back at the product, that was everything coming together to get you that beautiful finished result. So yeah, it it takes every bit of that, that adventure and a little, every bit of that variable to come together. To get those big, fat, dense buds, but when it does, it is so so rewarding and worth worth the travel. Pigeon's golden nugget.
2: Oh, trying to think if we're forgetting anything. If we're, if we're <laughs> forgetting swear. anything, let us know in the um, comment section on YouTube. Definitely yeah. want to know. Uh, you know what do you do in order to get dense buds? Let us know your your t- trips. Ugh. Your <laughs> trips tricks. tricks. Let Dang us see your t- tips. Uh, <laughs> and, and as
0: as, as uh, Chris Mitt, as Chris mentioned earlier, guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, we do record these epis live in front of a live digital audience over on twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast twice a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, about 2 p.m. Central Standard, 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 p- Pacific. Did I get yeah. that? Yes. Yep. look at that goes, guys. Uh if we did miss anything as we can't stumble over or stumbling over our own words, uh leave it in the comment section as always. And for those on Twitch, stick around because we're gonna have a live session. I'm rolling another one and I'm doing the damn. Hey? Eh? That I'm was a good conversation, a boys.
2: Oh, for sure. Good. And then the last thing would be Patreon, right? Uh if you want to see uncut episodes behind the scenes, just want to support the, the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash from the stash podcast.
0: Thanks Absolutely. to all those that
2: have from already. The from the Stash podcast, I can't remember.
0: I think it's just or from the Stash.
2: We'll have a link down in the description section below. Absolutely,
1: Sweet. Twitch. We'll see well, in a minute. Twitch, see in a minute. With that being said, everybody else, it's your boy Rob from CLTV and from the Stash. I don't know, and Rob Vlogs and top buds uh, your boy Pigeon for twenty from everywhere, your boy Chris from everywhere. We'll see you we next video. Peace.